engine running. You know, there aren't a lot of days where I actually have to sit down and think about how do I want to do this over a course of several hours. Um, Generally, I just know. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I I, I finally decided, instead of just, just giving you what you normally get from talk radio, uh, other than listen, I, I'm not going to go the Hannity route and spend all day on the, on the Russian investigation and Hillary's emails. The Kavanaugh news, I think is bigger. Um, I, I do want to actually just take a, these are the facts approach to begin with. I, I got strongly held opinions on this issue. Don't get me wrong, but let me just give you the facts. Uh, there is a lady, uh, Christine Blasey Ford. She is a professor, a clinical psychology professor at Stanford University. She grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., where Brett Kavanaugh did. He went to an all-boys school. Uh, His school apparently had interactions with her school. And she is making a claim that Brett Kavanaugh, at a party, sexually assaulted her or attempted to rape her but was too drunk to actually see it through. Here is what we know about this. Uh, she, she called the tip line of the Washington post in July. Uh, she self-reported herself. There are lots of claims that she did not want publicity and did not want to be known, but it is a fact, according to the Washington post in early July, she herself outed herself by name to the Washington post. Only later in that month did she reach out to Senator Dianne Feinstein claiming she did not want to be known. During the time she claimed she did not want to be known, she hired a lawyer and took a polygraph test by a former FBI agent whose identity we don't know and apparently passed it. Now, here are the other facts as well. She claims that sometime in the early 1980s, she went to a party and Brett Kavanaugh and another individual named Mark Judge uh, held her down and attempted to rape her, but were too drunk to see it through. She does not remember the year. It would have to be before 1983, which is when Brett Kavanaugh graduated from high school, because she says it was high school. She does not remember the location. She does not remember the house. She does not remember who all was at the party. Uh, but she remembers Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge were the two individuals. In 2012... Shortly after Brett Kavanaugh, and I think this is relevant, shortly after the New York Times did a front page profile of Brett Kavanaugh as potentially Mitt Romney's top pick for the Supreme Court should he become president. Shortly thereafter, several weeks as a matter of fact, uh, after that, uh, Ms. Ford told a therapist in therapy that she had been sexually assaulted at a high school party by four individuals. She did not name them. Her husband says in subsequent therapy, she told the therapist Brett Kavanaugh's name. They have released the therapist notes and the therapist notes are fairly detailed. They do not mention a name and they note that it was, she said four individuals attacked her. She now says that that was a clerical error by the therapist, that it was only two people. It wasn't four people. That wasn't her fault. It was the therapist's fault. She also is adamant she told the therapist Brett Kavanaugh's name, though his name does not appear in the notes. She says she told no one until that moment. 
I think it is also relevant that in 1989, Brett Kavanaugh's mother was the judge who presided over the foreclosure of Christine uh, Blasey Ford's family home uh, in that suburb of Maryland where she and Brett Kavanaugh grew up. I think that is a very relevant detail that hasn't gotten much exposure. CNN has reported it this afternoon. It first appeared on fringe websites, uh, but now we know that. Those are the facts that we have right now. There are no corroborating witnesses. There are no other people to come forward and say she told them at the time. Uh, we have nothing like that. We have two individuals, a man named Mark Judge, who has written a book talking about his, his blackout drunk days in high school and college and how he's a recovering alcoholic. Uh, he has said he has no memory of the time. We have Brett Kavanaugh, who has adamantly, vehemently denied that he was involved. And we have Ms. Blazy, who says that it was Brett Kavanaugh. She doesn't remember where it was. She doesn't remember when it was. She doesn't remember what house it was. She does not remember who all was at the party, but she does remember that it was Brett Kavanaugh. That's it. In my mind, this is not credible. What we have seen over the past 72 hours or 96 hours has been a very coordinated Democrat campaign. Dianne Feinstein on Friday hints that there is something. She selectively leaks this letter, claims that the individual does not want to be known, and then the press seems to have all of the corroborating details and the lady's name, and she comes forward on Sunday with a lawyer that she hired in August and a polygraph test that she took in August. I should note I find it very interesting that all of the individuals who dismissed Roy Moore passing a polygraph now think that the polygraph is proof that she's telling the truth. I do want to distinguish this from Roy Moore because I've already heard from some of you. Why am I defending Kavanaugh when I did not defend Roy Moore? In fact, when I said I, I thought we needed to walk away from Roy Moore. Well, here's why. Whether you look at Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or Harvey Weinstein or Les Moonves or Kevin Spacey, or Brian Singer, or Roy Moore. What you find in every one of these cases is a pattern of multiple victims. I don't want to relitigate the Moore, Roy Moore case for you, and I don't want you to call in and try to argue with me about it, but here are the facts of what happened with Roy Moore. A lady named Lee Korfman came forward and said when she was a teenager, uh, Roy Moore inappropriately was inappropriate with her. She told others at the time. She told family and she told friends. When her allegations came forward, several other ladies came forward. Of them, all but one, and the one was Gloria Allred's client, all but one looked like Lee Korfman. Same hair color, hair, same hairstyle, same age roughly. One of them admitted to have been in a relationship with Roy Moore. He did not dispute that. They all had similar claims as to how he behaved around them. Again, they were all of the same age. They all had the same hair color. They all kind of looked alike. And most importantly, all of them had told friends or relatives at the time in the 1980s what Roy Moore had done. You had multiple corroborating uh, witnesses who could vouch for the relationship, who could vouch for the stories from the victims, all of that. Now, you can say they're not credible. That That's totally fine. I'm just telling you, whether you look at Weinstein or Clinton or Trump or Moore or Al Franken or Kevin Spacey or Brian Singer, you name it. In every single case, every single one of the, the predators has a type. That type is very consistent. 
Uh, the behaviors are very consistent. The accusations are very consistent. And most importantly, they all over time have others who come forward and say, yes, they told me about this at the time. You can, if, you, if it makes you feel better and you want to take Roy Moore out of it, that's okay. But look at Donald Trump, look at, look at Bill Clinton, look at Al Franken, look at Brian Singer, look at Kevin Spacey, look at Harvey Weinstein, look at Les Moonves. All of them have similar types that they went after. All did similar things to each of the victims. All of the victims were of similar ages. And all of the victims told other people at the time of the encounters. In other words, you have a pattern. We don't have a pattern with Brett Kavanaugh. We have a 35-year-old allegation from high school where there are no witnesses. She told absolutely no one. And his behavior since then and his behavior in high school, according to people who knew him, to his girlfriends at the time and others, doesn't fit this pattern. Essentially, what the left would have us do is say that we must treat Christine Blasey Ford as gospel truth and we must ignore the 65 women who came forward over the weekend who knew Brett Kavanaugh in high school and defended him. We must ignore the two girls he dated in high school who have defended him. We must ignore the dozens and dozens of women who worked with him or for him as law clerks. We must ignore the college professors who worked with, with Brett Kavanaugh who were female. We must ignore all of these people and treat this one person who did not tell anyone until after Brett Kavanaugh's mother foreclosed on the, her family home and he appeared in the New York Times as a potential Supreme Court pick. We must believe her and not all of these other people. We have essentially set up a situation here, the Democrats have, where he is guilty until proven innocent. There is no pattern of conduct. There are no multiple victims. There is no pattern of multiple victims. There is no pattern of behavior. There is no pattern of assault. None of these things that apply in every single one of these other cases. This is a one-off drunken encounter in high school for which she does not know the location. She does not know the house party. She does not know when it happened. She does not know who was there, but she's convinced it was Brett Kavanaugh. And he adamantly denies it. This is not a credible allegation. And the people who are claiming it is a credible allegation are partisans who want to keep Brett Kavanaugh off the Supreme Court because they believe he will be a vote to overturn Roe. This has nothing to do with the credibility of allegations about Brett Kavanaugh and everything to do with the fact that these people believe it's a constitutional right to kill kids and they're afraid he will inter interfere with their right to kill children. That's everything you need to know about this case. From my vantage point, I have really strongly held opinions about this. I will take your opinions as well, but I got to keep going on this because there's much more to be said. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. 
It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. The phone number here is 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. I went long, uh, so I only have about a minute before commercial break. Uh, I don't want to do anyone a disservice. I'll take your calls when we come back uh, in the next segment. But I, I just, I got to tell you, I do not find these allegations credible. The fact that the Democrats, well, first of all, she went, she self-reported herself self-reported herself. She self-reported to the Washington Post in early July, went to Dianne Feinstein at the end of July, claimed she wanted to be anonymous, and then went out and took a polygraph and lawyered up with a Democratic lawyer. I think if we have a public hearing before the Judiciary Committee, the very first question needs to be what Democratic PR firm are you working for? Because I can tell you, I am experiencing a an organized uh, rent-a-mob effort on social media uh, against me over the Kavanaugh stuff of a lot of accounts that were long dormant, have very few followers, and are suddenly fired up. This is all the makings of a Democratic job. Of course, you already knew this was the Democratic partisan machine in action. Breaking news right now, uh, the president has directed the FBI and the Department of Justice to publicly release all text messages related to the Russia investigation without redaction for James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, and Bruce Orr. This is going to get interesting. I've got some audio from Bob Woodward I want to play in a little bit um, that he looked for two years, can find no evidence of collusion between Trump and Russia. Uh, the Democrats, of course, are downplaying that. They, they pay no attention to that. Everything else in his book is credible except this, according to the Democrats. You know, it's funny. that That's the way this is working with Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, so last week, I pointed out how the Democrats were trying very, very hard to build the claim that Brett Kavanaugh was a liar. I mean, they were emotionally invested in this last week to such an extent that when Think Progress was fact-checked on Facebook by the Weekly Standard and the fact-check turned out to be true, uh, that they were lying about Brett Kavanaugh lying, they went ballistic. I mean, they really just lost their minds over being fact-checked by it. Well, now we know why. Because they knew this attack on Brett Kavanaugh was coming. So they were trying to build the case last week that Brett Kavanaugh was a liar so that when the claims were made public this week about the accuser, they had already established his lack of truthfulness. So if he denied this, they can say, well, he's lying again. And they're already trying. 
I mean, never mind they failed to prove he was lying last week. They're, they're trying, oh, this is an ongoing recurring pattern of lying. Y'all, this is a setup. It is an absolute setup. It is a setup because of abortion politics. The Democrats are not interested in the veracity. I mean, if this is a credible claim, can someone explain to me what a not credible claim is? Well, what's the difference between a credible claim and a not credible claim if this is a credible claim? A 35-year-old allegation from high school where the accuser doesn't know the day, doesn't know the date, doesn't know the year, doesn't know the location, doesn't know the house, doesn't know who's at the party, but is absolutely convinced as this guy. And oh, by the way, pay no attention to the fact that his mom uh, foreclosed on her childhood home. Pay no attention to the fact that he was named in the newspaper just a few weeks before she outed him to a therapist, but she didn't out him to a therapist, though she says she outed him to a therapist. But coincidentally, oddly enough, the therapist took pretty detailed notes and his name doesn't appear in them. Hmm. Let's go to the phones. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Sherry in Covington. You're up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so I'm riding home and I'm listening to your comments and... I'll be honest with you, if I don't catch it on Twitter or catch it on WSB, I, I don't pay attention a whole lot because I've just completely erased the whole fake news media persona. <laughs> Good for you. And, you know, especially after the weatherman dude with the fake hur- or the hurricane coming through and him not being <laughs> able to stand up and there's two yes. walkers behind him. Yes, But, uh, so, you know, I'm listening to your comments and, you know, the quote-unquote credibility of this person. Uh about 20-something years ago, I was a teenager, 19 years old. I was at a party, like most teenagers go to. A guy that, you know, had asked me out a few times, I politely turned him down. Well, one night he had had a little bit too much to drink. And he proceeded to touch me in a couple places that were inappropriate. I said, hey, dude, I'm not interested. Back off. Nothing else came of that. But I can tell you. I can't tell you the date specifically, but I know what month it happened. I can tell you what whose house I was at and roughly about what time it was. And I can even tell you the guy's name. So, yeah. you know, for me having an experience not quite as quote-unquote drastic as what she has had, mm-hmm. and she can't tell anybody but a guy's name, come on, seriously, how much are you going to believe of that? Let me ask you a question. This is one of those those legal things you're not supposed to do where you don't know the answer to the question before you say it. But did you ever tell anyone that that happened? Uh, one of my friends, I was just kind of like, oh, you're not going to. Yes, but such and okay. such did this. Okay, so so see right there. So you told someone around the time it happened. That That's another yeah. thing that, that is different here. She told literally no one, no friends, no parents, nobody that this happened. So, I mean, where's any credibility that can stand? Yeah, I, mean, that, I, I, can, I can call that friend up right now. And I'm like, hey, do you remember the time we were at such and such party and I told you? And she'd be like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I'm. I, this just this doesn't make any sense. And the fact that Democrats held it for so long. Sherry, thanks very much for the phone call. Y'all, again, she should not be attacked. But I don't believe the Senate should actually have public hearings on this. The reason I don't believe the Senate should have public hearings on this is the precedent it sets that if someone comes forward after she's done and says, look, what about me? Brett Kavanaugh beat the snot out of me, broke my arm and stole my lunch money. I can't remember when and I don't have the medical records because it was so long ago the hospital burned down, but I know it happened. 
do we now need to hold the hearings on that guy? If you can be attacked, but he's in his 50s now. No allegations have ever been made about Brett Kavanaugh about inappropriate behavior. None. He's in his he's in his 50s now. This happened if it happened when he was 17 years old. Are you going to destroy a man based on something that happened in high school? Are you? Now, it is to a lot of my friends relevant that he's categorically denied it if he's lying about it as opposed to saying, yeah, I had this one one night where I was drunk and misbehaved. Um, that that if he's, he's denying it and lying about it, that, that's something. Okay. But what if he's not? Where does he go to get his reputation back? This happened in, in the early 1980s, 81, 82, 83, somewhere in there. But she doesn't know what year. She doesn't know what month. She doesn't know what day. She doesn't know what house. She doesn't know what location. She doesn't know who was there. And meanwhile, he's very adamant that none of this happened. And then she went out of her way to build a, a PR. She hired a lawyer. She got a polygraph. She let Diane Feinstein know. She let the Washington Post know. Um, this and, and And the very first time she mentioned it, was in 2012 when his name was being floated as a Supreme Court top Supreme Court pick of Mitt Romney should he get elected. Uh, this this sounds like a hit to me. It does not sound like a credible accusation. It fundamentally does not. It is 55 after the hour. We got a number of people who want to talk on the phone about the Kavanaugh issue. There's still more developing. There will be public hearings now next week. Uh, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. I will go back to the phones to Lynn in Duluth. Welcome. Hi, uh, you there? we've lost Lynn. Um, she wanted to ask why this was made public when uh, criminal records from when you're a kid or tend to be sealed. Well, this there's no criminal record here. Uh, this is a, a Bernie Sanders donor. And by the way, I think that is also relevant. She is a Bernie Sanders donor. And she has given money to Democrats that have small dollar donors, but still a Democratic donor. And so this could come forward because the Democrats got it out there. Um, never mind that Brett Kavanaugh has been through six FBI background checks and investigations. Uh, it could come out because of partisan machinations. Um, this could not, this doesn't even get to, to a preponderance of the evidence. Uh, the lowest legal standard in a court of law, the, the preponderance of the evidence, you have two men who've, fundamentally deny that this happened. You have one woman who says it happened, but can't remember any details whatsoever other than that it was Brett Kavanaugh and this other guy who did it. That, that doesn't meet the preponderance of the evidence standard. Again, folks, even liberals are saying this afternoon that people who do this engage in a pattern over time. And so now they're saying, oh, there must be more people. There must be more victims. We need to find the other victims because no one does this just one time. It's, it's always a pattern. It's always victims. Well, there, there are no other victims. There is no pattern. Uh, this is a Democratic hit job to try to keep him off the court because of abortion.
engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We have gremlins in the building. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the nation's most listened to news talk station. The phone number, 404-872-0750, wsb talk Joining me right now, this is so timely, I have on the line Kristen Soltis-Anderson. You've probably heard her name. Uh, she's the author of The Selfie Vote, Where Millennials Are Leading America. Uh, she's been on Real Time with Bill Maher, like me. You, you see her on TV. She's also uh, one of the partners of Echelon Insights. She's a great pollster. She's going to be at the Washington Examiner's inaugural summit on the election, the Sea Island Summit in Sea Island, Georgia. And, oh, what a timely day to have you here. Welcome. How are you? I'm great, and I'm so excited to uh, to be here finally on your show. Yes. Okay. So I, I want to jump straight into this Kavanaugh thing with you, put you on the spot here, because I keep hearing this argument from Democrats that, oh, if the Republicans support Brett Kavanaugh now, they're going to lose the Senate. And I'm I the polling seems to wobble back and forth on the Senate. Yeah. So in a way, I actually think the Kavanaugh story up until this point, had it been a net positive for Republicans in terms of the Senate, uh, maybe less so, you know, just sort of national House type stuff to the extent that it surfaces issues that make it more complicated for folks in suburbs. But setting that aside, in the Senate, you've got a lot of Democrats who are going to have to vote on a nominee that was put up for this job by President Trump. And these are coming from states where voters liked President Trump, places like North Dakota, Montana, et cetera, where Trump won and by a couple of touchdowns. And you have Democrats that were going to feel a lot of pressure. OK, do you vote against President Trump's nominee? Um, this now, the, the way the story has evolved, the fact that it has moved beyond is he too conservative stuff that's about jurisprudence that it has now moved into the story about allegations. I think it certainly takes it off the table as a big advantage for Republicans. Um, I think it is way too soon to tell what the ultimate political impact will be. But the fact that this is now a more controversial nomination and for reasons having less to do with how far to the right or left you are, uh, I think that makes it less favorable of a story for uh, Republicans in the Senate. Yeah, I, I think I, I would definitely agree with that analysis. And also, I, I would suspect, depending on how these public hearings come, it, it could certainly shift one way or the other. I just it, it amazes me. the And I realize it's politics, but the amount of people who look at a poll number on September 17th and think it's going to be static until November. Right. I do think, though, that trend lines are what I look at more. Um, And the trend lines for Republicans in the last two weeks have not been great. Um, For the most part, early 2018 was looking much better for the GOP. Um, After the tax law was passed, uh, correlation is not causation. All I know is that law passed, the new year started, and all of a sudden Republicans' polls started looking a lot better. Um, whether it's because people really loved the idea of tax cuts, maybe that's it. Maybe they just liked the idea that Congress did something. Maybe they liked that there was a sudden focus on the economy and the president tends to do pretty well when it comes to economic poll numbers. Could have been any of those things. Can't necessarily say for sure. But I do know that the numbers have been looking better and better and less and less scary for the GOP through the early sort of early summer, springtime. As we've gotten to the end of summer, 
the numbers have started trending in a bad direction again. Uh, President Trump's job approval is now headed back south of of 40 percent when you aggregate all these polls together. Um, And we're seeing a lot of Senate races where Republicans are at risk of losing their own seats. So this is a Senate map that's extremely favorable to the GOP. There are so many red state Democrats up for reelection that it should be a, a cakewalk of a year for the the Senate side for Republicans, even given the sort of bad history that comes with midterms and when you have the president of your own party. Um, but yet you've got a place like Arizona where you've got a, a strong candidate in Martha McSally, and yet you had CNN drop a poll today right. showing her behind. You've got a state like Tennessee. I mean, my gosh, Tennessee is a red state. And yeah. yet you have Democrat Phil Bredesen, who is polling pretty strongly there and has a pretty strong favorability. So there are the Senate is very complicated. And, and I think this shifting negative environment is bad because it it eliminates that advantage that Republicans may have had in some of those redder states. Right. Okay. So, Kristen, let me ask you, um, with the trend lines that you laid out, I get calls all the time from listeners who say, well, the the polls are wrong, the polls are wrong, the polls are wrong. And I I always say, don't look at individual polls, look at the polling averages. Uh, And that even if the individual poll may be wrong, that you can kind of look at the trends and see where they go. And if you wouldn't mind just explaining polling 101, if you don't mind, of of, of, are the polls that wrong? For sure. Uh, So the, the polls in 2016, everybody said, oh my gosh, we were so surprised. The media was so surprised by President Trump, and it's because the polls were wrong and they weren't calling Trump voters. And that was not true. Um, In fact, you know, the national polls said, well, Hillary Clinton's likely to win by about three points. And in the popular vote, she won by two points, but that's not how we pick presidents. So in a way, people were making sort of judgments about what was going to happen in the election based on numbers that were not about how we elect presidents. Now, there were some states where there was a little bit of polling that was done. A lot of times that polling wasn't done by, you know, outlets that had tons of money to spend on doing it well or right. And those numbers were really off. And the polling industry needs to own that for sure. Um, But I think when you look at aggregate trend lines and you can see which way things are moving, you can still get a good sense of what's coming down the pipeline. I saw a really fascinating story this weekend um, that some data has come out from uh, America First Policies, which is the super PAC that supports President Trump, and that what they're supposedly finding in their research is that a lot of the president's supporters don't think they need to vote in this upcoming election because they think, well, the polls have got it all wrong again. We're going to have a red wave. It's going to be fine. And that in a way, this like not trusting of the polls right. is depressing Republican turnout this time around. Uh, so, you know, I would I would just caution anyone, don't say, oh, wow, the polls are all, you know, fake news and they're all off because polls have been astonishingly good, except for in just a handful of races. And that's just kind of how statistics, you know, statistical sampling works. You're going to get 19 polls that are going to be great. and You're going to get one that is really wacky and out there. And it's hard to tell at the time which is the one that's going to be wacky and out there. But looking at trend lines really helps to ensure you against the risk of being very misled by bad data. Now, we got to wrap up here, but you're going to be in Sea Island uh, November 8th through the 11th for the Washington Examiner Sea Island Political Summit. I, I suspect you're going to have a ton of data after the November election to, to cover with folks. Oh, my gosh. I'm So I'm so excited because either one, 
as a pollster, I'm going to have some more explaining to do if the polls are all wrong. <laughs> if there is a big surprise, I'll be there. I can, I will take your verbal abuse, uh, you know, but, but two, I think we'll have lots of data about who turned out and who didn't. That's one of the big question marks that hangs over every pollster's head. Who's going to vote? Who's not going to? We will know that by the time we get to Sea Island. So if you're into this stuff at all, I really think it's going to be a fun dissection of the results less than a week after the election happens. I can't wait. Yeah, thank you very much. Kristen soltis Erickson. pleasure as always. Now, I'm going to open the phone lines back up to you guys, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And if you want to find out more about the Washington Examiner's event, you go to SeaIslandSummit.com. Um, it's going to be in the, the resurgent email as well. Uh, thank you to, to Kristen Soltis Anderson for joining me. Helpful to have the polling data and her perspective on Kavanaugh as well. I want to get your perspective on going on Kavanaugh as well. There is some more news coming out on the Kavanaugh nomination. He has been meeting with Senate staffers by phone. I thought he was there in public and he went to the White House and has been meeting by phone from the White House. And Democrats have refused to meet with him. Chuck Grassley is now saying he wants public hearings next week. The Democrats are saying, no, 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 we've got to push this off very, very long time. That's not going to happen. I'll tell you what I know from senators themselves. All of you who think the Senate Republicans are going to throw Kavanaugh under the bus, I'll tell you what senators, including some of the mushy moderates who have said we got to slow this down, are saying privately. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. Hello there. It is 26 after the hour. Now, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Back to the phones we go. People have waited very patiently. Rhonda and Grayson, you're next. Welcome. Hi, I want to make a statement. How does the Republican Party recover from being the party who is for religion to the party 
that is supporting, as you said, President Trump and Roy, um, Roy, um, Roy, Roy Moore as creditors. Yeah, yeah, you know, Rhonda, I I have had this question so much, particularly with pastors, that you know, like it's it's just it's crazy to me to see a bunch of people who rushed out to defend the president against accusations that turned out to be true, and and the Roy Moore situation, and now all these people running out to defend Brett Kavanaugh, who I really do think is being falsely accused, and it's really hard to defend the innocent man when you've been defending all these other people, and, and I'm glad I have it. I've, I've held my fire, um, but the party itself, I think uh, what, what the party has to do is bring fresh new faces, and there's hope in that regard that doesn't get talked about a lot but when you look down at the state and and local level within the republican party across the nation what you're finding more and more is a very diverse party now it doesn't get the attention from the press but did you know that the republican party has more statewide elected hispanics than the democratic party the republican party has more elected indian americans than the democratic party I mean, we are a party of growing diversity and growing youth. In fact, if you look at Congress, of all of the committees in the House of Representatives, the ranking Republicans are younger than the ranking Democrats. But yes, this is a burden the Republican Party is going to have to overcome. And it's a difficult one. It's a branding one. And it is impacting in the polling. You can see it with the contempt women have for the Republican Party now. It is a problem, and we shouldn't just wave our hands and pretend it doesn't exist because it does. It's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. One more call here on Kavanaugh, then I want to tell you what I've heard from some senators and from the White House. Uh, Bill from Helen, you're next. Welcome. Thank you. Um, A lawyer friend of mine sent me a story on the Kavanaugh uh, stuff, and I can't seem to debunk it through my normal sources, so I thought I'd call the expert and find out. Um, this story um, claims that there is a less than friendly relationship between uh, Judge Kavanaugh's parents and Christine Ford's parents dating back to the 80s uh, with regard to a judgment against her family. Uh, and, I, and I can't find a way to debunk it, so I thought I'd throw it to you. Uh, well, so here's the story. It's in 19... I've actually got the document, and I didn't get it off of anyone's website other than I myself pulled it up from the Maryland uh, District Court website. And it shows that uh, Judge Kavanaugh's mother was the judge who oversaw the foreclosure of uh, Christine Blasey Ford's family home. Her parents went into foreclosure in 1996 in Montgomery County, Maryland, and Brett Kavanaugh's mother was the judge. Um, Now, there is no evidence per se that uh, Christine 
Blasey Ford lingered on this. Uh, in fact, it was more the judge was pro forma. It was more the bank. She just had to put her name on the final foreclosure document. So it wasn't like she was actively involved in this. Uh, I am unaware of anything that goes back to the 80s between these families at all. Um, and she also didn't mention the claim to anyone at all ever until 2012 when Judge Kavanaugh's name first came up as a potential appointee of Mitt Romney to the Supreme Court. A few weeks later, she claimed she told her therapist that Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her. The therapist's notes do not include his name and also include a different number of people than what she says uh, were actually involved. Um, so... I just don't think that this is a credible allegation. Now, we do know as of a few minutes ago that uh, Senator Grassley has decided to um, to hold a public hearing on Monday to invite the accuser and Kavanaugh. The Democrats are refusing to participate. The Democrats say they want an FBI investigation. The FBI is saying that they're not going to investigate. So I guess we'll see the Democrats attack the FBI now. We'll see. By the way, I, I think it's very funny at this point that Democrats are upset that Brett Kavanaugh has hired Beth Wilkinson. She is a, a highly regarded um, lawyer who deals in sexual harassment and corporate law cases. He's being accused and the Democrats are taking the position that he's guilty until proven innocent. And yet they're looking and saying, well, he's hired a lawyer. He must be guilty. They wouldn't do this for anyone else. You know, this is one of the bizarre aspects of the age of Trump. It's very frustrating for people like me who who view myself as, as, as having rather consistent standards between the Obama era and now. Um, I, I do think that uh, seniors in high school should be tried as adults. I don't buy the... Oh, uh, well, if he did it, he was a, a reckless high school student. If he was a senior in high school, uh, he should have known better uh, if he was at the age age to vote. And Democrats suddenly you are like, oh, oh, throw the book at him, throw the book at him. He was he was in high school. He should be charged an adult. Meanwhile, Democrats are the ones who normally reject the idea. Democrats normally are the ones who say you can't hold it against him that he got a lawyer because you know how the process, the process is stacked against him. Oh, Brett Kavanaugh got a lawyer. He must be guilty. On and on and on it goes. Y'all, you know, I've I gotta tell you, I fundamentally do not believe the accusation. I endorsed Roy Moore and yanked my endorsement because I thought the allegations merited credibility. Not that they were true, but that they were sufficiently credible that it was problematic and he didn't need to be in the Senate without a full hearing. I did. I believe the allegations against Donald Trump, and they've borne out to be true. I believe the allegations against Bill Clinton. There's another matter. All these people who are saying, um, look at the treatment of Juanita Broderick as if yes. And I've seen reporters today say, oh, well, you know, if they came out of the Me Too era, they would have been given their due. Well, no, because we can contrast them with, with what happened to Anita Hill. And the Democrats fell all over themselves to give Anita Hill a fair hearing and believer against Clarence Thomas, but not Bill Clinton's accusers. All this is about abortion rights. There are a large number of Democrats, the overwhelming majority of them, believe that until a child exits the womb, and some of them, like Barbara Boxer, until the child goes home from the hospital, can be killed. Torn limb from limb, 
vacuumed out of the womb, their skull opened, their brains vacuumed out before being pulled out of the womb, their body harvested, sold for parts. That's what this is about. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about the character assassination of a good man. They don't care about the fact that there has never been a pattern here. They don't care about anything other than destroying Brett Kavanaugh because of abortion. And I can tell you, I've talked to members of the Senate. I've talked to Senate staffers and I've talked to White House staffers, and they all say the same thing to me. They know this is a Democrat dirty trick. And if they give up on Kavanaugh now, they are setting the precedent for accusations destroying nominees, and they're not going to stand by and let that happen. They're doubling down to defend Kavanaugh. We'll see if all the Senate Republicans go along. They should. It is 55 after the hour. Y'all, I I did not delve into the president's order to declassify the uh, information relating to Carter Page's FISA and the text messages with Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and Bruce Orr, largely because we haven't got the documents yet. I just saw a listener screaming at me uh, on social media. Why didn't I talk? Because we, we don't know that he just ordered it. We haven't seen the documents yet. So calm down. When we see the documents, I will talk about the documents, but we haven't gotten there yet. What we do have, and I find this to be very interesting, is Bob Woodward. Uh, this isn't getting a lot of attention, but listen to Bob Woodward. Uh, I did not, and uh, of course, I I looked for it. Looked this for is it hard, the Russia collusion. And, uh, so you know, there we are. We're we're going to see what Mueller has, and Dowd may be right. He has something that Dowd and the president don't know about. And, secret witness or somebody who has changed their testimony, as you know, that often happens and that can break open or turn a case. But you've seen no collusion. I have not. So Bob Woodward, the respected journalist who broke the Watergate story, has looked for two years and found no collusion regarding Russia. Y'all, I'm telling you. The president did not collude with the Russians to steal the election. Do you know there's a lawsuit going on in Georgia? I, I want to spend time on this tomorrow. We, we just didn't have time today with the Kavanaugh news. But there's a lawsuit in Georgia demanding that we give up paper ballots for electronic ballots. And, and they've got all these people saying that, that you can hack the ballot. Well, if you physically stand in front of the machine with the cards you stick in it, yes, you can hack it. But over the Internet, like the Russians supposedly were doing? No. You, do you realize there's no evidence the Russians changed a single vote anywhere in the nation? There's not. And yet we've got all this hysteria out there. We'll get into that tomorrow. Y'all have a good night.